0: Helen Disley and I'll be chatting today with Hugh Owens and Steve Westland.
1: So this week we're going to talk about yellow. Um, I think we did blue and then red, red last week. This week it's yellow, um, a much happier colour. Um, is everyone feeling happier this week? You feeling
2: happier, Helen?
0: Uh, yay! <laughs> Oh, yeah, much happier, you can...
2: much happier. I'm still stuck in the blue, still feeling blue, yeah. I think I'm with you as well. Um, <laughs> hopefully um, better days
1: around the corner. So we, we've started um, a sort of a, a pattern really of talking about these colours where we first of all talk about um, sort of maybe ancient ideas about the colours or even about the pigments that have been used, and then move on towards more contemporary uses and um, meanings for the colours. So I remember when we talked about red, we, we noted that it was one of the earliest colours used um, by by man in, in, in cave paintings, for example. Red ochre, which is a, a mineral just obtained from the ground, it turns out that yellow ochre was also... Um, around from the very earliest days so a lot of those sort of browny, um, orangey colors you see in cave paintings were sort of yellow ochre which was a sort of it's a basically iron based um mineral um of course red ochre is also an iron based mineral but a slightly different um compound of of iron so so of yellow is definitely one of the the oldest pigments um ever used and some of the pigments that were used for yellow after that actually quite a few of them weren't very healthy so there was sort of a pigment called orpiment which was basically an arsenic wasn't it mm. it's a, it's really bad for you I that's think. right
0: yeah that was that was used in egypt i think um quite a lot to, for their gold and skin colours on the tombs and things, but...
1: Yeah, it was. Um, in in fact, even used as a medicine um, in China, e- even though it's very toxic, um, it's been used as a fly poison, it's been used to on the tips of arrows to make poison, um, but it's a really striking yellow colour, and it... Became of interest to alchemists. These are the people who are trying to turn metal into gold. It was one of the things they were looking at as one of the ways to make gold. It was on the decorations of Tutankhamun's tomb and lots of um lots of um ancient Egyptian scrolls and then you've got also sort of quite a few yellow pigments based on 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 lead, um, which also isn't isn't too healthy. Um, loads of very famous um, paintings uh, by Vermeer, by Rembrandt, uh, by by Titian. Um, you can see these um, sort of lead tin compound um, yellow pigments. So it's certainly we've had yellow pigment around for a, for a very very long time.
2: Interesting, you find it in nature, don't you? Find it in carotenoids, don't you? So you see, it, you see it in, in pigmentation in in nature, and and you know there's funny stories of people who who take too many vitamin pills, and there are carotenoids in the vitamin pills, and they pee yellow. <laughs> it's, it makes their pee quite yellow. Yeah, it, it, so. i also heard a story of someone who drank too much orange juice. Have you heard of
1: that? And your skin can turn yellow. <laughs> so, you know, whereas we talked before about, oh. I think Helen made the point that blue is a pigment that doesn't occur that much naturally. Um, but yellow, like red, is is, a, is quite abundant in, in nature, isn't it? So the other thing that I think that's interesting about yellow, it's a, it's a colour that's um, been culturally significant
2: mm. for yeah. a very
1: very long a very very long time so one of the things that i think is quite interesting is the idea that we talk today about um three primary colors and in fact color scientists refer to this as trichromacy and we know the eye has got three cones um we have three attributes of color so trichromacy is all the rage
0: yeah yeah.
1: But until about sixteen, seventeen hundred, nobody talked about three, in terms of color. Scholars interested in color. Well, if you go back to ancient Greece, they had the idea, not that three was important, but was but four was important. So, for, for example, uh, Empedocles was probably the first Greek philosopher to write about color. This is about 450 BC. And he believed that everything in the world was made up of four things, fire, water, air, and earth. And each of those four things was associated with a color. Air was associated with white, water with black, fire with red, and earth with a sort of yellowy green color. And this is, this is called the, the tetrads, the tetradic thinking. So um, we have uh, Hippocrates, the sort of father of medicine, who talked about there being four body fluids, black bile, blood, yellow bile, and phlegm. Um, and the idea was if you were deficient in one of these, it would affect your temperament. So there were four temperaments, melancholic, sanguine, choleric, and phlegmatic. And and actually, this way of thinking about medicine continued on until easily the 1500s. And so did this idea of of four. In fact, you can call it the four-colour doctrine. Aristotle also talked about um, four colours. And think about the fact that why are the four seasons... It's not particularly um there's no particular physical reason for it. Um there could be two or eight or any any number. But there are four seasons, there are four ages of man child, youth, man, greybeard. There are four parts of the day morning, afternoon, evening, and night. This whole way of thinking about the world in terms of four. Um dominated western thinking about colour for a long long time the only other number that was important in the western thinking was seven so Aristotle also had an idea of there being seven basic colours and this was based um, on white and black being the sort of extremes and then you had purple blue green yellow and red and seven was important because there were seven tones in a musical octave There were seven bodies in the solar system that you could see with the naked eye, the sun, the moon, Mars, Mercury, Jupiter, Venus, Saturn. There were seven wonders of the ancient world, seven deadly sins, seven days in the week, seven lucky gods in Japanese mythology. So this idea of four and seven was very important, but yellow was one of those colors. But but in other parts of the world, They had a different way of thinking about it. So, for example, in China, they had not four as being important, but five. And part of this is related to the fact that their musical scale is different. They have a pentatonic scale. The music is fundamentally different to our music. And they believed that there were not four elements, but five elements. And these were um, water, which was black, wood, blue, fire, red, gold, white, (coughs) and earth, which was yellow. And interestingly, each one was associated with with the direction. So north was black, blue was east, south was red, west was white, and in the middle, most important of all, associated with earth. Was was yellow, so yellow was a really important colour culturally um, in in China and and lots of other countries, and it was only really with um, <coughs> Newton and the work he did where this idea of four and and seven and and five started to be replaced by our modern understanding of colour, yeah. which is which is trichromacy.
2: I didn't realise that. I think that's really interesting Steve. Have you ever seen that book um by Wallace Rimington on color music where he developed in the late 1890s, I think it's 1894-1895, um, a, th- a a musical um method of playing based on color. So color was being associated with the different notes. So that he had his own patented colour organ and colour music. Um, and he's got a couple of... He's got yellow uh, as being E and yellow-green as being F in, in his colour music. So interesting, those, those relationships have been there for a while. Yeah,
1: I think the link between music and colour is, is really long. And many people say that the reason that Newton... Um, claimed to see seven colours in the spectrum, red, orange, yellow, green, indigo, blue, violet, was because he was still sort of influenced by that Greek thinking about seven. And and he wanted it to be seven because there were seven intervals in an octave. On the one hand, I've always been slightly sort of um, sceptical of the relationship between music and and colour, I think many people think there's an obvious relationship because they both involve frequencies at some point. But, of course, it's very different, as you, as you know. Um, but but it's, it's sort of a, almost a sort of a standing joke that um, a particular conference I go to every year, which I won't mention it because I'll be going there later this year. And, but every year, somebody still produces a paper on the relationship between colour and sort of music. And I always think... When will they stop? You know, just give it up, right? <laughs> but what I think is interesting, where there is a link, I think, is in terms of emotion. Emotion is the thing that links. Yeah. So, for example, colours are associated with certain emotions and then music also generates certain emotions and then the idea that you could generate colours that, that actually are, I don't know, um, appropriate for a particular piece of music i think that that then there's a potential link i think you know if you start talking about the emotional link between color and music i think that's sort of interesting but in terms of frequencies i don't think there's any relationship because you know um the frequencies we talk about with in in light have got nothing to do with the frequencies we talk about in terms of of, of sound of course
2: <laughs> it is interesting you do you do see more and more about these synesthetes who integrate their senses in a slightly different way from from normal people Um, so I I just wonder you you sort of see them combine and see and taste things that that we would uh, ascribe perhaps a visual label to
1: yeah so Kandinsky I think Funny enough, my son was doing his homework yesterday for Change and he was doing a, his homework about Kandinsky and about synesthetics. So, anyone who doesn't know, Kandinsky was a, an artist and a member of the Bauhaus. And he was famously synesthetic. So she said, this is people who, whose senses are slightly mixed. So they might, when they hear a sound, they might experience a colour, for example. And in fact, I think Kandinsky did have that particular uh, form of it. But he also believed there was a relationship between colour and shape. So he said, triangles mm-hmm. are inherently yellow. Squares are, squares are red and circles are blue. Right? He, he believed that. And he produced, I'm thinking of one of his pieces of work, artwork where he's he's trying to create a piece of work which is really unsettling so what he's done he's got all these shapes so instead of doing yellow triangles he's got like yellow circles wow And instead of having blue circles he's got like red circles and for him that probably was incredibly settling unsettling because they were the wrong the shapes were the wrong colors right and, and, and I, but I, it didn't really work for other people i don't think but of course for other people, it was just intriguing, like why someone would 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 do that. Mm-hmm. And um, you you still see taught in some textbooks the idea that shapes and colours are associated. And I and I recently saw a paper in a journal, quite a respectable one, where they'd ask people about which colours are associated with this shape, with shapes, and they sort of found some evidence of of what Kandinsky was saying, but of course. Kandinsky was it's an aesthetic, but You have to remember that, um, and I I can't help think that, thinking that that paper was the result of a, a case where all the participants were art students, who all knew of Kandinsky's theory. So it's it's like you know, you mm. don't know whether it's um, it's really the case or whether it's something we've culturally learned to mm. um, to adapt.
0: Yeah. Do you know whether people who associate um, colours with 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 music or no, musical notes do, is it is it is the colour that they tend to see a unique to them or is it is it a, you know a, everybody would hear an E and C? I think it's in unique yellow. to them. It's just, I think it's, it's unique. Is It's to like them a mis wiring? Isn't it something mm. firing misfiring in the brain?
1: I I I've never seen a, a good programme on it where someone said for every number. He sees a colour. So you can say like 46, he'll say like olive brown, and then you can say 152, and he'll say like, you know, you know khaki. Um, that's rather similar to olive brown, isn't it? Which shows you my limited imagination. <laughs> <laughs> when asked to pick two different colours, olive brown and khaki was about as far have as I could go. Have and... you had
0: your colour vision checked recently? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Funny if I was in a meeting today where I was talking about the blue colour on screen, and then everyone started arguing about saying it was green, but <laughs> I was just approximating. <laughs> um, it was it was green actually. Um, what was I talking about then? Um, uh, but,
0: associated numbers, different number for every colour. Yeah,
1: so you could argue, with, is this person making it up? But what they've done with these people, they've they he, he can give this for any number, like four thousand and fifty-two, and he thinks it's Yellow. That's a different colour, isn't it? Yellow. Slightly. And, and what, what you can sh- what you can show for these people is it's they they it's they're not making it up. It's instant. Unless they've got an incredibly yeah. good memories, because they get it right every time. It's, you know, uh, uh, but it's different for different people, and mm-hmm. and some people it's colour and and sound, and others it's taste and shape, for example, all all sorts of things. It's it's really quite interesting. So what one of the things. I think is particularly um, interesting about yellow is, um, you, you know, when you sort of you look on the internet, you find out that, that blue means this and red means that, and we've been talking in these past few weeks about the fact that um, the meanings of colours are, are very varied and depend upon context and culture, etc. But also that all of these colours have got positive and negative associations so for example blue is trustworthy blue is the color of trust we talked about that last week but it's also the color of depression and and sadness and I think this this notion between um colors having positive and negative meanings is really evident with yellow it produces quite strikingly different reactions in people and I, I i think until i haven't found any any negative associations of yellow certainly before about the year 1000 um I, I, he was frowning then but he didn't i was going to say before the year 1000 <laughs> Um <laughs> True. It, it, it was a positively positive color you know egypt it was just the color of the Ram, sun god, yeah, the god yeah. of the sun, and, and didn't they paint um dead pharaohs in yellow and everything? You know, I think it was it was used, um, it was a really positive color, but over the centuries it became to have negative associations. Um, and, and if you sort of talk to people now, or if you do a survey and say to people, What's your favorite color? um you know, the, the, on average, blue scores very high, um, independent of culture or gender. Um, yellow, on average, scores really low. Loads of people put yellow as their least favourite colour. Um, yet for me, it is infinitely more preferable to blue. Right? I really don't like blue. I love yellow. Um, I like pink and yellow and red. I like the really bright colours. But the majority of people prefer the blues, maybe the greens.
0: I I wonder if it's how people think about when you say, what's your favourite colour? Like, if I was in a yellow room, I'd feel really happy. But if I had to wear yellow, that would make me quite unhappy. I would not want to wear it. But yellow as as an outside influence on me is really uplifting and happy.
1: It is for Mm. me as well, but I guess it might not be for everyone. Um, so I, well, I've been writing a piece recently, I won't go into the details of it, but if you look at the effect of colour on us, there's sort of two main mechanisms, I think. There's a sort of what you might call a physiological mechanism, which is, you know, colour just, um, activates the cones, and then maybe it sends a signal to the hypothalamus, and you've got this almost involuntary reaction to colour and light. and And those reactions that people have are probably quite common between different people because it's just a basic physiology but then you've also got what you might call the cognitive or psychological um, responses so colour preference I think would be one of these so for this to work you have to see the colour and then it's a question of well what what do you associate with that you know what does it what does it remind you of mm. and I think there you have, I think, lots of differences between how people respond. So, you know, some people just say, blue is fantastic, I love it. Um, And others say, I hate it. Um, But on average, actually, um, more people do tend to like blue than yellow, it has to be said. And what people really don't like is dark yellow um, and dark red and orange because they, they look... Murky, yeah.
0: Disgusting. Purple. One of the one of, well, one of the biggest associations with yellow is probably like you mentioned before is like you know, the sun, and I think there's a lot of um, Just... countless religions that have have their gods and sun gods and things as, as uh, being depicted as, as, as wearing yellow or being associated with yellow. It can be a very it's very sort of a, a highly symbolic color in in that sense um buddhism you know buddhism the, the saffron robes um obviously saffron as as a color and hugely expensive yeah. so associated with you know you'd have to be someone of great importance to wear it and, and only only buddha and his followers were allowed to wear saffron robes originally apparently in hinduism krishna is often depe- depicted in in yellow um
1: so, last week we were talking about the fact that some of these associations, you can go back a long way and sort of think about wh- where it came from, from the very early days. And, uh, as I said, the idea that yellow is a negative colour, that the fact it's associated sometimes with envy, jealousy, lying, dishonour, treason, cowardice, it's a false colour that can't be trusted. Mm. Um some people say this is, these ideas were sort of um, reinforced by that, that tet- tetradic Greek thinking I was telling you about. Do you remember I said that you had the four temperaments of sort of medicine? One was a choleric temperament, which is where you're violent, unstable, rancorous, hypocritical. You know, not looking at anyone in particular, hue, and that was associated with yellow bile. So, you know, it it, it could be you go back really a long, long way where some of these ideas started to emerge. Um, We we do actually, um, believe it or not, do some a little bit of reading before we come to this podcast I do anyway Uh, read a couple of things Um, and I did read one thing which is a test for Helen and Hugh to see if you've been doing your reading which is why I have
0: been reading but I haven't been reading the same things as you
1: (laughs) (laughs) why and when did the yellow jersey come into play for the Tour de France any thoughts?
0: No. <laughs> I, the funny thing is, though, I think I have read about this because um, Nigel's really interested in the Tour de France, yeah, but I, I, thought you'd I can't know, remember. I, I know you, I, I know I you like remember. cycling. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, Apparently it came in in ni- the 1919 race. Um, and it's partly because the sponsors of the race was a newspaper that was printed on yellow paper.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. You do. You know, it's just, It's one of those automatic associations, isn't it? That we, you know, they get a yellow jersey, but from a lowly beginning, really.
2: Yeah, I thought you were only interested in the tour de Yorkshire, anyway. <laughs> so. Tour de Yorkshire was
1: great. You know, it it actually came right past our house. You know, Fantastic. it was. It, Did it along your along actually along past, your road? Yeah. You, you wouldn't believe how fast they go. <laughs> um, it's over in about fifteen seconds. <laughs> Everyone's passed. And, and there's literally a hairpin bend about twenty metres from our house. But despite that, they come hurtling through. Um, everybody's out there with the deck chairs and their coffee and then it's all over.
0: <laughs> Umbrellas.
1: <laughs> and, and the other thing I, I was reading about which was interesting, was the um the the yellow card in football. Do you anyone know about that? Yeah. So what one for those who don't know? Yellow card is shown when you get booked. Um, and apparently it was first used. It was either 1970 or 1974 World Cup. And before that, the referee just wrote your name in his book.
0: I remember you, that. You were I booked. remember like I've seen.
1: It. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then but in the World Cup in seventy or seventy four, I forget which one it was, the referees sort of show you the yellow card. Then I remember being outraged <laughs> um in in the in the World Cup that was in America. Now what year was that in? Round about was it about two thousand and four? Six? That sort of was it earlier? I don't know, round about that time. I don't know if you remember this Hugh, but they started talking about they started referring to a player being being yellow carded yeah. as if yellow card is is a verb not <laughs> a noun yeah. yeah and it drove me mad that this player was yellow carded but actually it stuck didn't it and now we talk about people being yellow carded or or red carded in, in a way um it only shows that language, of course, evolves. And that's how it should be. And if you think about it, I shouldn't have been outraged. It shows you uh, what sort of person I am. Because <laughs> if you think about it, when I said people were booked, book, book, a book is a noun also. So, you yeah. know, that was also turned into, an, into a verb um, long before the, Ameri- the Americans got hold of the, um, the World Cup. But yeah, the, the phrase that "yellow carded" um, and, and "red carded" is 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 pretty common. So what one well one final thing to mention I will mention is because um, we talked about um, we talked about the red light district last week, and Helen had a theory um, which she put forward, um, not hers of course originally about why that might have been the case and of course we we didn't mention it probably the week before but we talked about blue movies or blue jokes don't you which are risque jokes or maybe slightly sexual jokes um but i i did hear that in china they don't use the phrase a blue movie they use the, the phrase a yellow movie
2: you seem and, to know um, an awful lot about this, Steve. <laughs> Indeed. I, I've, I, I've actually been researching it all week. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, I, I,
1: I, I sent a message to all my Chinese PhD students, I have quite a few PhD students from China. I sent a message to them about half um, past two today and said, Is it true that in China you refer to um, uh, yellow movies rather than blue movies? And they said, It is true. Now, of course, they could be just winding me up, you know, because <laughs> they knew I was going to record this podcast. <laughs> but one of them did come up with a suggestion of why it might be the case, and it was to do with a political movement, and a, and a, a situation where books became... Books became colour-coded, depending upon the, the content of the book. And, and yellow books were books about about sex. Um of course, I don't have any of those, Hugh, but... <laughs> Yeah. You know um I don't, I don't know why they chose yellow for that
0: it's it's interesting that they would choose yellow I, mean, I think the the sort of the cultural references to colors that we've talked about through all of these podcasts are, are really interesting and really conflicting because you know the yellow yellow movies it, 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 is a, is a you know p- potentially regarded as and and an, an, an not such a nice Association with yellow, and yet in Ch- and that's in China, and yet yellow as a color in China has been really important. You know, in the, yeah. the Forbidden City, you could only only imperial buildings could have yellow colored roofs and things like that. So it's like it's like the the sort of the the, the polar opposite meanings and associations with all of these colors is re- is really interesting.
1: Similarly, we've talked about how blue is quite a positive colour for lots of people and yet a blue movie or a blue joke yeah. is something uh, maybe, yeah. maybe a little bit negative. Which also speaks to the thing that we've been talking about all, all the time about the fact that colours have really many... me A particular colour can have many meanings and it really depends upon the context um, in, in, in which it's used and also the cultural... Um, Situation in which it's used. Mm. I, I saw an interesting quote the other day about mm. colour being a, just colour is essentially a cultural phenomenon at the end of the day. You, we can talk about, as Hugh and I do, we can talk about cones and brain responses um, and the retina and the lateral geniculate nucleus. <laughs> I, I need to throw that in because I, I can't say it. <laughs> Um, But actually, what makes colour so interesting and the reason that we're having these podcasts at all is because colour is a cultural phenomenon.
2: It is, but I I think it it is also interesting from that perceptual point of view in that yellow in particular is, is produced in a couple of ways. We can either have a spectral yellow or a mixture of red and green, seems to also give us that impression of yellow as well. So it, it's, it's a little bit different from a lot of the other colours in the visible spectrum that, that people think about. Um, the other thing that's interesting about yellow is it, doesn't, it, it seems quite difficult to, to read yellow unless it's encapsulated in a border. So if you just put a, a piece of, if you put some yellow text up, um, unless it has a highly contrasting background, it's often very, very difficult to, to pick that out, even though it appears to be in a, a sweet spot for, for our cones and the way that our cones will code that part of the, the, the visible spectrum.
1: Yeah, m- maybe it's because it's one, of, it's one of the brightest colours,
2: isn't it? Um. It is, yeah. uh, and and you know when when we look at that in terms of uh, things like dyes in textiles, when we when we measure that using the international systems, yellows are always a problem because they're so bright; they're almost brighter than a lot lot of the whites that we we look at as well. So it it is an interesting colour. You sort of see that 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 uh, watercolour effect with it, and how it can bleed towards. Um, sharp edges and boundaries but th- there are some quite interesting unique meanings of, of, of yellow in, in different cultures now for me it's, it's a bright cheerful warm colour but bright marigold might be associated with death in some areas of Mexico um, it seems to be a colloquial term that's used for an insane asylum the, the, in Russia they use the term yellow house so mm. it, okay. the context is, is is quite big I think in Japan yellow often represents things like courage as well mm. so context is everything well we've talked about um,
1: red blue and yellow it's obvious what we talk about next week, isn't it?
0: Dun-dun-dun! What do you think, Helen? Green, yeah, obviously. Green.
1: Because red, yellow, green, blue are the four psychological primaries and the four so-called unique hues. So I think it would only be fair to talk about... Um,
0: Talk about okay, we, we can week. only talk about green next week if on the soundtrack you include Kermit's song It's Not Easy Being Green from the Muppets <laughs> I, will, I will do my best if it... It, it, because you've mentioned it now it can appear on this podcast
1: um, But before we go we need to have a title for this um, podcast uh, The Colour of
0: Deceit Sunshine. Hello, sunshine. <laughs> and if
1: anybody has any comments, if you go to um our podcast page, which is swestland.podbean.com, I think, um, you can actually leave a comment there. A nice if anyone one. knows Yeah Yeah, well hopefully, yeah. If anyone knows why yellow movies are so called in, in China, he mm-hmm. wants to let us know. Please go there and um, let us know. But until then, see you next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.